Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the show. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio and the founder and CEO of Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a board-certified integrated holistic health, energy, and sound therapist with a private practice in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 500,000 audio books and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energy awareness. Carol Serene Borgens is back, ladies and gentlemen. She is co-author of the book, Do Unto Earth, as many of you already know. Carol is a longtime medium, channeler, horse whisperer, practitioner of many metaphysical disciplines, and author of numerous PAX channeled books, which includes two children's whimsical volumes, two books on the reality of COVID-19. They are entitled The Likely Future, Volume 1, and The Likely Future, Volume 2, as well as Personal Power Will End the Pandemic, and of course, Do Unto Earth, It's Not Too Late, which is the premise of this monthly series. Carol continues to provide PAX-channeled private reading sessions remotely, and you can contact her by going through her website, Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, Serene, S-E-R-E-N-E, Borgens, B-O-R-G-E-N-S dot com. So, Carol, you've been here a lot in the past few weeks. Welcome back to Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being today? Thank you, T, uh, for having me back. I am being very well today, thank you. I I had a visit from PAX a little while ago. I wasn't expecting it. It occasionally happens. I get what I call the nudge from spirit that PAX wants to communicate a message to me. So I was sitting here in the office at the time and uh, I began to channel on my keyboard and it's always a happy experience uh, when that happens. So I come to you. <clears throat> Pardon me, with a big smile and uh, enjoy to be with you and your audience again. Great. Well, we love having you here, as you know. We've had a lot of discussions, and this is our sixth in this series for the year, so it's our halfway point. And okay. this time, yeah, it is. We're doing well. This time, our topic yeah, is. We're still here. Si- yes, we <laughs> and that's a good thing. <laughs> And this time our topic is simple and some unknown natural health remedies. And we know that there is a plethora of information about what is available in terms of natural remedies. And so much is on the Internet. And, you know, not everything on the Internet is actually true. So we know some of them are valid and others, you know, not so much. But for me, I firmly believe that this planet was created with all that we need all that every species needs to not just sustain life with food, but to heal ourselves through a variety of plants or rather maybe vegetation that are truly remedies for what ails us. And we know that most of the pharmaceutical drugs available today come from about 10% of the rainforest that we've tested to determine, you know, what, if anything at all, will work to fight various diseases or infections However, when scientists found the remedies, because there are a lot there, 
they went from using what I think was organic to developing comparable remedies with chemicals. And that is where I feel they somewhat faltered. There's still another 90% of the rainforest that we can examine. And we can do it without stripping the rainforest, but rather by using the organic matter and seeking cheap, instead of seeking, you know, cheap chemicals to make a harsh knockoff remedy, if you will. And we know that throughout the ages, man has discovered remedies, not just in rainforests, but in their own backyards or on their own native land. And while we know the remedies work, it's still not mainstream, but it is becoming more common for people to seek out alternative therapies. And there's still a lot more to examine. So because I believe the planet was created as a full package deal with everything we need and we already have, I think we just need to find it. So that's my take on, on what our creator had in mind. I don't know why I believe that. I certainly wasn't taught it. I just feel it. And it seems logical to me. So given that scenario, what does PAX tell us? Am I a bit of a dreamer or is there some truth to my belief that the answers are here and we just need to seek them out as if, you know, you think about it for a second, our ancestors did and they harvested with care and then they used everything appropriately. So kind of what's PAX's take on that? I think PAX would say uh, bang on. See, you're right. Um, we, we are told that by spirit that everything we need to sustain our lives emotionally, um, physically, is inside of us. We only need to look within ourselves for our personal strength to go forward. And if we extend that out to what you've just stated about the planet, Yes, of course it's correct. Everything we need to sustain us in physical, mental, emotional health is to be found in nature. I am um, saddened to, to think that the, and to believe that the reason we moved away from natural-based uh, remedies uh, to mega companies creating pharmaceuticals has to do with money. Um, mm-hmm. The reason being that pharmaceuticals created in the lab can be patented. Therefore, big money comes in. Uh, plant medicine is not to be patented in the same way. So, you know, there isn't a generating of great income from natural-based um, medicines. However, having said that, I agree with you that it's beginning to become mainstream as people search for alternatives. Search because they've perhaps been let down in various ways by traditional Western medicine, either the cost of pharmaceuticals and treatment and testing and hospital care is exorbitant, perhaps out of the family's reach. They look for alternatives. And as the wave grows in size of people looking towards natural medicines for prevention 
as much as for cures. Uh, more and more is read about, talked about, you know, water cooler conversations at the office, for those still going to the office, that is, um, about, you know, what they've discovered that's pretty natural and, uh, and, and has worked. So, yes, people are moving away from the traditional pharmaceuticals. Now, our planet, Mother Earth, unfortunately has been put in jeopardy by the level of pollution that abounds, uh, pollution of air, soil, water, and so the growing of superfoods right now and um, herbs and anything else uh, that is considered useful in medicine is compromised because of the pollution. So, you know, we're fighting battles on many fronts here before we can harvest, you know, more greatly, we really have to clean up the act that, you know, what we've created about the uh, pollution that settled over the rainforests and all of the globe, actually. But Mother Earth will, will prevail always. And um, once we understand that she is our great resource and begin treating her with the respect that our our forefathers, our First Nations uh, ancestors did, will be in a better position to ask for help, don't you think? I do. And, you know, one of the things about the alternative medicines is they don't have the same side effects as the chemical medicines do. Uh, and that's a plus. First of all, people, you know, it might be an affordability thing. It could be that they just don't want to be tested going the mainstream conventional medicine route. And it could be that it's not working as well as, as, as it, it should, and the side effects are sometimes worse than the actual problem that you have. So people shy away from that and start seeking out the alternative, uh, you know, remedies that are available. But also, when you talked about Mother Earth, she, come, she actually comes back quickly, and we know this because last year when COVID hit in March, and by the time you looked at, if you looked at uh, the globe and you saw the pollution in like January, and then you looked at it at the end of March, there was, there was a very big difference. And then when you looked at it again in April and in May, because people were staying home, because they weren't in offices and nothing was turned on, because there were no cars driving on the roads, she cleaned up very, very quickly. We should have learned a lot from that. And I don't know that we have, you know, I don't know that we have, but we should have. But we, we tend to not learn a lot from the things that are being shown to us so decidedly. You know, it's just like, here it is. There you go. And see it. And then we just move on again. But I think that people are probably going toward the alternative route in many ways simply because the other areas, they're not working as well as they could. And we know, you know, we can inhale essences of flowers or make teas out of leaves or chew leaves of plants or serve plants as you would a vegetable. But, but I'd like to talk about some of the specifics that Pac speaks about in the book. Like he spoke about bamboo and I love what bamboo offers us. It is an all around quick growing. It's a very versatile plant. It grows everywhere, everything. And, and they make everything from clothing and linens to flooring and furniture and structural beams in buildings as well as food. So it must have medicinal benefits as well, 
does it and and what are those benefits? Uh, in fact, it does. Yeah, it, it's just an amazing plant, and it's uh, self-sustaining almost. It grows so quickly that mm. um, harvesting it regularly every couple of weeks, it can grow a foot a day. Uh, think about that. You can basically yeah. see it growing. So we're told that the leaves of the bamboo are really useful medicinally as well, that they can be um, partially dried and they can be used almost like, like a sage that you, you know, are, are um, burning it and you can just lightly do that and um, inhale um, for clearing the airways. Uh, it's very useful. It has, of course, all the uses that I think we we know about for uh, fabrics, for clothing, uh, for mm-hmm. building in the Orient over the years. Um, it's been amazing to see that the scaffolding that is used to go up the sheer sides of new construction buildings, it's all bamboo, just lashed right. together. And uh, it's strong and it's, you know, again, it's just the stalks of the bamboo that is not, um, it is saving a tree each time you see that. The yeah, and the flooring. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the medicinal mm-hmm. properties are truly um, unexplored. Uh, it, it could almost be a super plant for us when we start looking at um, the resilience of it in terms of its growth and um, how, how much and how often uh, we can harvest it for our needs. It's, um, Pax said it's magical. And I, have, I do have a question for Pax because I'm a logical person and this is illogical to me. But he, he had mentioned in one of the books, and I'm pretty sure it was this one, that the bamboo could be inhaled and burned like sage, okay? Yeah, it's... However, it's yeah, okay. However, when you burn something like incense or anything, I won't use that because you're inhaling smoke. And even though something might clear your airways, it's actually getting into your lungs. And I, so I, can't, I don't see the balance there because what you breathe in, you're not necessarily breathing out completely. That smoke could be damaging to your lungs, could it not? You know, I question that as well, T. Um, mm-hmm. However... You know, he. The question about that—it's the leaf of the bamboo plant. It can be therapeutically used to aid breathing. And the question was, you know, do you do you rapidly burn it, or or what exactly do you do with it? <clears throat> you have to dry it a little bit. And Pax said that. To dry the leaf too much would be to lose the benefit. So you partially dry it and then use it a bit like incense. And he said it's to be, to be imbued with smoke and the vapors open airways. So my take on this, when he says it can cleanse like sage, 
and even more therapeutic benefits come from this use. My take on that was if I were using this and standing next to the rising smoke, I would not inhale the smoke itself, but the essence of the smoke, which would be, <laughs> I don't know how to explain that, kind of next to the smoke. I'd let the smoke go by me, but there would be a, an aroma, a scent associated with it that would not be necessarily held within the smoke itself, and it's that which I would inhale. Does that make sense? Okay. Okay. Hey. A little, but again, I'm a logical person, so it's not making a lot of sense to me. So I have a question for Pax, if, if he can answer it, is instead of doing that where there's smoke, and we all know what secondhand smoke does to people, it's not, you know, it's not good when it comes to cigarettes. What if you took those leaves that were somewhat dry, and even if they were not, and you boiled them or put them in hot water and, and inhaled the steam? The steam is not smoke. It's not hazardous to your lungs, and you'd be clearing the airways, but you'd be getting, it would be moist, and I would think you'd extract more of the essential oils, if you will, from it than by burning it and having it go into the ethers. I think so. I think that yes is the answer to that. It's simply a direction we didn't take in the questioning, but it's a natural progression um, to this. Um, I, you know, I, with my lungs, the way they are, a um, little bit compromised from a lifetime of bronchitis, I wouldn't be inhaling the smoke either. I'd be finding mm. a way around it. And I think that the lesson here is that <clears throat> the leaf of the bamboo plant is therapeutic and used as an aid to breathing. This is what you suggest, an alternative to the burning would be the gentle boiling and steam inhalation. This yeah. is a, a way that people with um, upper respiratory infections, um, bronchial conditions, etc., use to clear airways and to soothe airways. And I would think that would extend to be a use for people who choose not to inhale the, the smoke vapors. Yes. Sure, because you don't want you don't want to bring on something different. You're getting rid of one thing, but you're bringing something that might be even more hazardous to yourself. So that well, kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. And there are some people who who wouldn't think twice about inhaling the smoke. Right. In this, but there are those of us who would have to find uh, an alternative, which you've just recommended, and uh, I think it's just a natural alternative use for the same uh, leaf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for instance, a lot of people I know, you know, I'm an energy therapist, so I have people come in and, and spas and stuff, people will be burning incense, or they'll sage a place. And people will say to me, do you sage your home? And I say, no. And they say, why? And I said, my home does not ever need to be saged. And they said, but you have to cleanse it. And I'm like, nope, nope, not with smoke. I don't, I don't think that's smart at all. I don't think you're cleansing anything. I think you're putting secondhand smoke in the air that you can't see. It's going to dissipate, but you're still inhaling it because smoke travels and the way the ventilation systems work. So instead, if you take an oil warmer, which is a little cup, and underneath it is a holder, you put a tea candle in it, you light the tea candle, you fill the top of the thing with oil, with um, water, and then you put a few drops of essential oil in it, you're going to get the aroma and of whatever it is that you're that your intention is, it's going to permeate the air and you're not going to be breathing in the smoke. And as far as cleansing for spiritual purposes, all these people 
that are in the health part of this, the alternative health, you're causing another problem by saging your space and bringing people in. If I had somebody come in with lung cancer, there's no way on God's green earth I would be burning incense. That would just be totally stupid. So the essential oils and using an oil warmer works better for me. And I think people in the health, when they're doing the health part of, you know, whatever, whether it's yoga or whatever, it's take a deep breath. I don't want to take a deep breath in of that incense. I mean, what am I breathing in? Whatever it is you're burning. I've said this to a couple of teachers who never, ever thought of that because they were taught it was a cleansing. It's clearly not because it's smoke. So they have switched over to oil burners and such, and it just seems to me that that would be a better way to go so that you're not causing breathing problems. Some people don't realize that they might have asthma or to affect allergies or whatever. So that's why I asked the question because everybody knows I'm just far too logical and I, I beat things to, I research things to death to try to figure it out. <laughs> absolutely right. And, you know, the incense. Yesterday I walked into a metaphysical store and broke out in uh, a coughing attack because I walked mm. through where they were burning some pretty potent incense. I liked, yep. I liked the, uh, the scent of it. But it caught in my throat and I couldn't breathe. And uh, you know, it's dangerous stuff. There are, yeah, you know, it can be. <clears throat> the uh, use of things like eucalyptus leaves and peppermint, um, sage, nettles um, are also um, are also very therapeutic. I think I was just wondering about the use of bamboo leaves. Uh, to be incorporated with um, with an oil burner, that 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 could work too. You know, you could instead of putting essential oils into the water on top of the burner, mm-hmm. you could um, lightly uh, crush a leaf. And sure, you do it with rose petals. That would work. Yeah. With, when, yeah. When I use if, if roses when roses die and you know they're they're on their way out, they might have a little bit of moisture left in them, and you put them in an oil burner, you will get that rose scent if they're good roses. If they've been in the refrigerator too long at the, at the floor, so you're not going to get that scent. You can't seem to bring it out because they've kind of deadened the scent by keeping it in the refrigeration too long. But if you get it, if you get roses that actually have a scent or you grow roses with a scent, you can put those petals either by crushing them or ripping them into the top of the oil warmer, and you will get that rose scent. So, yeah, I just thought you know, perhaps that would be a better way to go that wouldn't cause, get rid of one problem and cause another. Well, we're going to have to reprint the book now. <laughs> no, you just, <laughs> no, this is an opportunity to write another book. <laughs> I think that this is, uh, for, for your audience, absolutely. This is a brilliant alternative. We just hadn't approached it uh, in the yeah. writing of but of course, there are always alternatives to to the way things are presented. Uh, we, sure. you know, and this too is a lesson. T. We should not just um, blindly do what we're told to do if we know it's not going to be beneficial for us. There's always an alternative use and a way forward, just like we've uh, just found here. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of the other things uh, that Pax talked about was plantains. Now, I've 
eating plantains, and I have to say, I, just, I don't care for them. They're just, it's not like a banana. <laughs> it's not as good as a banana. No. And I, yeah, you have to do stuff to it. And I'm like, okay, I thought it was like a banana. I was like, this is really not good. But plantains provide healing benefits as well, correct? Yeah, and you know, I uh, investigated that myself at one time. It, Pax told us that it's the inside of the peel of the plantain that he wanted to talk about for the purposes of this book. And <clears throat> what he's told us is that if we peel the plantain and like a banana peel, on the inside of it, there's some white material. He said, scrape the inside of the leaf and uh, utilize that for healing. And I talked to him about uh, what, heal what, how. He said, well, um, the use is for the plantain peel for pain reduction, for swelling reduction, and so much more that uh, it can be used for. So shortly after we had that discussion, I got a cut. And so I, <laughs> I went to the store and bought a plantain and brought it home and peeled it and scraped the inside and this pulpy um, uh, material that, that comes off the inner peel, I mm-hmm. layered it over the cut and put a... Uh, dressing over top of it and you know it took away the pain and further it facilitated healing um it was a significant cut and it it closed up and healed beautifully um within i don't know two two or three days it was pretty much taken care of and there was no swelling and there was no problem with with the healing of it and I thought, well, you know, I'd rather try this out than than use something off the pharmacy shelf. So, you know, I was a guinea pig, and it worked well. You know, my I had a great-grandmother who uh, had all kinds of tricks up her sleeve. She was from Poland directly. And uh, she came over here, and she passed along to her daughter, my grandmother, and to, to my mother, different things that we could do. And one of them was, I remember, I got a cut. And my mother said, go out in the yard and pick a plantation leaf. So I went out in the yard and I picked a plantation leaf. I didn't know why she was telling me to do that. And she put it on the cut and put a Band-Aid over it. And within like a day, it was really healing quite well. It was drawing everything out, whatever the infection was that was in there. It was drawing it out because the cut had gotten bad. And it really drew all of the junk out and allowed it to heal. The other thing is a little weird, but... what the heck? I've said a lot worse on the radio. <laughs> if you have a wart, forget the compound W, okay? You take a potato and you cut it in half and you rub the, the cut part of the potato on the wart. Rub it on the wart. And this is the weird part. And then you bless it with whoever's around that has a wedding ring. You're just our father, you know, name the father, son, holy ghost, amen. And I had a wart for two years. And finally I decided, okay, I know that's far-fetched, but I'm going to try it. And I didn't. Do you know that like three days it was gone? That wart was gone. Yeah. I was like, this is crazy, but it works. Now, the interesting thing is, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but I I had a concert. I was playing a concert. I played Quartz Crystal Singing Bowls, as most of the listeners know. And I had a woman who came in with her daughter. 
And I had no idea what was going on with anybody at the concert because I'm up at the front of the room and they're all there. I don't know who's got what ailments or anything. And the day after the concert, no, the day of the concert, I went over to the, um, the people and I was talking to them and everything. And the girl was, it was summer. It was really, really hot. And she was wearing sneakers and socks. And I was like, okay, you know, I mean, everybody else had their shoes off. And it was, just, it was noticeable, but it wasn't weird. It was just noticeable. So the next day I got an email from the mom. And she said, I have to tell you that yesterday I brought my daughter to the concert. And today, and she has had warts for two years on all of her feet, both of her feet. And she wears socks and sneakers every summer because she's embarrassed by them. So she doesn't feel like she can go and she's 16. She doesn't feel like she can go to the beach and flirt with the boys and, you know, and look good. So she wears socks and sneakers all the time. But this morning when she woke up, all the warts were gone. And oh so I emailed her and I said, I said, did you stop at the store and get Compound W? What did you do? And she said, no, we came to your concert. And I said, what do you mean? She goes, they were gone after the concert. And I was like, wow, okay, this is kind of creeping me out because I want to know, are the warts in the bed linens or did they just recede? And then I put, no, never mind, I don't want to know. This is just really grossing me out. I can't, I, can't, I can't know this. I can't know this. And she just sent back LOL. And the girl's warts were gone. And as far as I know to this day, and this concert was like five years ago, the girl has not had warts since. So there are alternative therapies out there that work. The potato being one of them. And whether the ritual of doing the blessing with a wedding band is, is something of importance, I do not know. I don't know if somebody just threw that in because you know how rituals change or if it's just the potato. Maybe that that gave more belief to whoever started that. Like, well, now I'll bless it with my wedding ring and you know that that's a God union, so it's going to work. I don't know how that went down, but I do know that plantation leaves and potatoes will work. So, you know, Compound W, if you own their stock, you probably want to get rid of it now. Yeah, get rid of it. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the, the natural healing properties of vegetables are, it's not something we've really spoken about, but we know they're there. We know particularly things like onions and garlic, powerful, powerful healing properties mm -hmm. that were known by our ancestors. Pax tells us in the Do Unto Earth book that many plants around the world have not yet been utilized in modern times uh, and that they're known to the locals, the aboriginal peoples throughout time. Um, passed down from generation to generation, and they continue their use for for healing in place of chemicals. And uh, he says that together with the magic of traditional healers, they sustain their populations throughout the centuries. And here we are relying on the pharmacy. Well, and here's an opportunity. You like to travel. Go around the world and talk to all these people and write a book about all the different vegetation that they have and, and what they use it for. And you will be world-renowned, helping all the people, make a million bucks. It'll be great, and I can have you back on the show <laughs> for another book. <laughs> what? <laughs> you don't want to do that? It sounds like a good idea to me. <laughs> yeah, well, then you go. <laughs> I don't want to go alone. I need somebody to go with me. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, but no, seriously. Have, you know, we have to talk a little bit, too, about the power of the mind in healing. Yes. What yeah. happened that is, to that girl's that work? I really, right. I really couldn't even, I mean, that's a whole other conversation. 
But she um, wasn't there to get rid of her warts. She just came because her mother took her. So that was exactly. that's almost like the placebo effect. It just she wasn't there knowing that she was anything that's was right. happening except she was going to relax. So that's not I, even yeah, that's not even mind. That's just it, it, the vibrations worked for her, and vibrations do heal. And that's in the in the book as well. And I wanted to get that to that too because yeah, I mean that's you know that's right up my alley. So. You know, that, uh, I think that that whole thing with her was simply because she was there and the vibrations were right. And to have all the warts go at the same time, that's miraculous because typically the mother wart dies off and then within two weeks the other warts all go away. That's usually how warts go when you have multiple warts. The mother wart goes and then all the babies go. That didn't happen to her. Everything went away. It was gone. Everything was gone on both feet. That's quite remarkable. Really? It's crazy. What yeah. a wonderful it's crazy. story for sharing that. Well, I've had a, a ton of them, but back to the book, a couple of other things that um, that Pax talks about are tobacco leaves. And, you know, we can, oh, yeah. most people use them for chewing or smoking, which results in disease yet again. But there are medicinal benefits. And we talked about this on one of the shows where the nicotiana plant, uh, I believe it was, isn't it Medicago that's using the nicotiana plant for part of their COVID vaccine? Is something that comes from that? Do I have that wrong? I don't know that. Sorry. Okay. I thought we had talked about um, nicotiana was being used for medicinal purposes. No. No. But um, I certainly uh, I certainly know that tobacco leaves have so many um, uses. You know, a long time ago, uh, I was talking with Pax about the plant, the tobacco plant, and do we really need it on this earth? And he advised that it has so many alternative uses and went on to talk about utilizing it in building as insulation in, uh, in buildings, in houses, that it is very, very useful it's just never been um, adapted for that. And that's a huge industry. Well, so yeah. That, you know, yeah, it, it is a huge we industry. What we were discussing so. was how to move people away from smoking because it's bad mm-hmm. for health, it's bad for the environment, um, and what to do about the great lobby of the tobacco farmers who would be up in arms. And so Pax's response was to talk about the alternative uses uh, for tobacco and specifically those great big leaves of the plant that can be utilized for um, for building purposes. And yeah. probably um, a, an excellent solution and uh, alternative for the farmers. So... Uh, I don't know how that would sit with with society today and the people who intend to continue smoking. But anyway, there's an alternative for the tobacco plant. Yeah, and what they'd have to do to it to treat it so that it wouldn't become a fire hazard because we know it burns. It has great insulating properties. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how that would work. But anyway, yeah. there's as an option. Yep. Absolutely. He also spoke about Parkinson's disease and, you know, we know it's prevalent and we know that they're working on it all the time and trying to come up with some kind of a cure. But he talked about the advancement in cures for other diseases as we were 
working on the COVID vaccine, that the research and study of a vaccine for COVID could lead to us finding treatments for other diseases, one of which you mentioned was Parkinson's. Is there any forward movement on that as far as, as where that would be at this point in time since we do have so many vaccines available at this point? One of the things that Pax wanted to focus on with Parkinson's as well as some of the other diseases we touched on was the need to address prevention, um, perhaps even more than, than cure. And he stated that in in the book. He talks mm-hmm. about um, he talks about the ability for people to go searching for solutions, never giving any thought to um, prevention. And in terms of the the um, connection, COVID vaccine, mm-hmm. there's been no further discussion about that. Um, what he wanted to say about the Parkinson's, he referred to it as flushing, flushing of the body, uh, bodily systems to clear and cleanse. Um, He talks about there are alternative ways to dose and internally flush but it's up to our medical pioneers, he referred to them as, uh, in this method to determine how best to to do this. He's talking about cleansing of the soil um, and that there is a similar type to be used for cleansing the body. Referred to it as an alternative to pharmaceuticals and that it treats the base of the problem with uh, what he says is a combination of CO2 and a derivative of ammonia. And then he goes on to say, your science can look at this and determine efficacy. But we suggest that the radical notion of this is to be considered. And asking about, are you kidding, ammonia? You know, <laughs> isn't that poison? He says, you mm-hmm. would think so. And it may read this way, but your people of science will look at it with different eyes and understanding. Uh, And he said it's for them to begin at this place in their thinking and go forward with derivatives. So rather typical of Pax, he doesn't come right out and say exactly how it, it needs to be. He wants to give us clues and direction. And when asked about this so many times throughout the book, he says, you're not ready. You're just not yeah. ready to know the full answer here. Uh, much like that, you know, formula for the propulsion of interstellar spacecraft. We're not ready. Right, yeah. In terms of the health aspects here, you know, from my perspective, he he could have given more, but has chosen not. <laughs> has chosen but he kind of gave a lot because he said the derivatives. So if you look at the components of ammonia and, and what you can derive from that is what the scientists need to look from that. What are the components of ammonia and how can they work within the human body? It doesn't mean ammonia itself, but let's face it, there's things in it that could be extracted and used, and that's the place to go. Those are the only elements 
that you can use that will help with whatever. So he is giving clues, but it's like a mystery game with him, you know, and, and yeah, you know, but yeah. And he's very quick to point out that our scientists will look at it with different eyes and understanding. I mean, you and I would say what, but you know, it's quite right. You know, much like he talked about um, polio, the polio vaccine has a component in it. Right. Yeah. That would that would be useful so, for today's situation. Um, but that makes sense to me because you have to look at something and say, okay, it doesn't have all the elements in the table in it. What's in it, and how can we use that? So that makes sense. He's given us a huge, huge hint. Now go forward and take that and see what you can come up with. But I think, well, I think his so message. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a guideline, isn't it? Yeah, and, and, but it's a huge hint. This is where you need to look. Don't look at the other elements on the table. Look and see if you have these elements within these two, you know, products, ammonia and, and whatever the other one was, and, just, and see, you know, what can we, the polio vaccine, what can we see, what components are in there, and how can we make it work together to fight this? That's a huge clue. That's a huge direction. And if nothing else on the elemental table will fit in, so just look at those. And if people did, they might come up with something. But more importantly, I think when he talks about the air and the soil and the water, when you're looking at natural remedies, you know, I'm growing vegetables in a greenhouse and using organic soil, but I'm also using rainwater to, to water these vegetables. And what is rainwater except polluted air that's formed into a cloud, and now we have acid rain. What am I really doing? I'm doing the best I can, but I'm not using perfect water, and it certainly isn't perfect air. And the soil, although it is organic, how organic is it really when it's been formed with rainwater and, and you know, acid rain and polluted air? So when you think about it, I think he's saying you have to do those things first because we're putting the, the cart before the horse if we do it the other way. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yes. And, you know, he says that we will, we were talking about um, super plants and what they would mean us to utilize for alternative medicine. And he said that we're not going to have any super plants without clean oil, sorry, clean air and soil and water in which to grow them. Yeah. He says we've spoken on this. And it is a weakening now in your chain that foods do not have instant levels of, um, of nutrients that are of the highest qualities due to these pollutants. He said yeah. that, that these foods do not have nurturing levels um, due to these pollutants. And interestingly, his next sentence is, we are speaking. Now, in, in Paxism, that means listen up, folks. This is probably mm. the most important thing I can tell you, that now is the time, he said, to move the soils. Oh, well, yeah, he talked about moving the soil of the world through the filters, and this will account for the improved yields. You know, I wanted to know what does he mean by the filters, He says that the farms of the future will do this, and all soils will be screened for toxicity, and that will bring a totally new way of producing crops. Um, 
and we have to be thinking about that change right now. We have to be thinking about if if you go out to, to your plot of land and however it's done, you screen your soil for toxicity and it looks like you shouldn't plant there, well, then you're going to have to bear the burden of, of not having uh, a crop on that soil if you want to maintain the integrity of, of going, you know, pure in your planting. It's a tough choice for people, isn't it? It is. And we've seen it go downhill just in my lifetime. Food tasted a lot better 30 years ago than they do now. Food oh, tasted yeah. a lot better. And it, I don't care if you're talking about cow, fish, pork, or vegetables. Everything tasted a lot better. And it's not because our taste buds changed. It's because the earth has changed, what we do to our animals before they're slaughtered, how we feed them, what they're giving them, what we're feeding plants, how they're growing. It, it just stands to reason, you know, that this is what happens. And that's why there's probably more diseases, too, because people are eating the stuff that comes from all of this. And depending upon your immune system is how you can, your body handles it. Uh, you know, so... That, to me, makes perfect sense. You've got to start at the very beginning, the foundation. The foundation is the earth and the air and the water. And if you don't have that, you're not going to have the rest of it. So, again, huge, huge clues he's giving us. I mean, he's pretty much given us the answer if you just look at it from the right perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's the key um, to, to analyze what is said. Spirit, uh, spirit speaks in, in different terms different ways, with different intentions. We're, we're not to be handed everything. We're to be given clues, and we are to take responsibility for searching and finding uh, the best way for us at this point. I think that yep. over, over the years that I've been channeling Pax, his level of patience is extraordinary. Patience with me but more so with humanity that we speak to and speak about. He's only ever shaken his bony finger at us two or three times over all these many years about and our feelings uh, to step up and do the right thing. Um, just like being scolded by a parent. Well, I was going to say, it's because we're in our infancy still, and we're not learning as well as one would expect, but he's very patient because he understands that we're not learning the way that we should, you know, as quickly as they might want, but, but we need to, or we're not going to have a planet. Well, and he's told us in Do Unto Earth that we have 8 to 12 years before yeah, get our act together. point reached. And again, for your listeners, that doesn't mean the Earth is going to implode at the end of 12 years. It means that a fail-safe point is where there's really no hope of repair. Um, we, can't, we can't make it better, uh, and we certainly can't return it to what it was or should be. Um, you know, uh, the fact that people uh, with megabucks right now are rapidly exploring space travel to colonize another planet because there are those who have given up on this one. What a shame. Yeah. We're not supposed but to But I give. also think they're doing it because it's fun. You know, Bezos is building a toy. He's bringing his brother, and they're, and they're rapidly auctioning off. It, right now it's close to $3 million to get on this 
rocket flight, I think it's in two months or something, where they're going to go up into the edge of sp- to the edge of space and they will be in space for literally three minutes of an 11-minute ride. And somebody is willing to pay $3 million at this point for that. First of all, it does come down to money. That's a lot of discretionary money that somebody's throwing away for an $11 million ride to risk your life when this is not built by NASA. So, you know, there's a lot to be said for how boys will play with their toys and how stupid that is to do because they're not astronauts. They're not going up to discover anything or figure anything out. You could use your money a whole lot better by helping the water supply, by helping, you know, oil filtration and by doing something about air pollution, because I'm sure that all these Amazon fulfillment centers are creating some type of pollution across this globe. So there you go, Jeff Bezos. I'm probably, <laughs> probably somebody's going to call and put me off air by next week. I guarantee it. I'm said too much tonight. <laughs> well, you know, it's a wild ride. And, I yeah. have, you know, having that, having that disposable income, um, allows for it, and I can only hope that the people who spend their money and take that ride will come back with an altered state of consciousness about this world of ours. I think yeah. there's, there is a chance that some goodness can come other than just a wild ride. Um, you know, our our NASA astronauts share with us how how they were changed by being up there and looking down and seeing planet Earth. That, you know, it changed them forever. So uh, however that feels, I, I can only imagine. But maybe some good will come of this because they're all moneyed people that are going to take these rides. And they may feel a need, a, a, a calling towards helping um, Mother Earth in some way on, on a grander scale than they'd ever considered before. I'd, I'd like to think that. I hope so. Even though it's three minutes, you can look at something and in one second be changed. You can see just a flash of something and it will change you. The aha moment can be, you know, what a difference a day makes, what a difference a second can make. So a lot can happen in a second. I hope that's what comes of it because, you know, right now it seems like, wow, okay, this is just fun, you know, and it, it seems wasteful, but I'm hoping it's not. One of the other things that Pax mentions and he talks about as far as an alternative therapy is my little game that I play, energy therapy and sound therapy, and they are both forms of energy therapy, and I know those therapies work, as I've said many times on the show. I've seen it so often or heard about it. After the fact, people call me and tell me once they've left a few hours later what's happening, woman with shingles, her shingles were gone, a guy with um, uh, peripheral neuropathy he had it for years it was gone by that evening what does Pax say about these forms of healing that have been around since pretty much the dawn of man and how quickly they will be I, they're starting to become more sought after but will they become more mainstream and if so you know will these alternatives be in the near future or the soon time or the far time and be more than what we're using as far as pharma in the future? Oh, indeed. Um, I think that the sound therapy will take a little longer than some natural forms of healing in terms of plants, for example. But, (coughs) excuse me, Pax says that the ancients uh, on our planet knew sound therapy and its use in healing uh, as 
certain frequencies can make people quite crazy, he said, if they're, if they're used for extended times and, and shatter glass, as a matter of fact. He says that sound therapy uh, and in your current place, music, which is a derivation of work miracles in certain applications. Uh, he said it's yet another tool to use in the healing process. So I think it's underutilized uh, at the present time. I, I think importantly, Pax tells us that the playing sounds of musical notes and vibrations increases even plant growth, crop yields, soothes people and animals, and brings peace wherever it's heard. That is very, very high praise. Um, He's indicating that not only is it healing, but um, it, you know, it's so powerful. Was it? Um, is it the biblical story about Jericho and the sound that brought the walls tumbling down? That's mm-hmm. the power of, of sound. Um, but yeah. in terms of healing, yes. And it's one of these things that's going to take a little longer. But you know, it doesn't require a product. It's quite magical, as Pax says. You know, you don't go to the store and buy a product and, and take it internally or, or or wipe it on your skin. You simply open your heart and your mind uh, to the vibrations, and the magic of them will uh, will bring the healing. What you do see is just, uh, well, a miracle, according to Pax. Well, and I know it is, and it's not... It's the vibrations that are created by the sound, and I play the bowls by the guidance that I'm given after I work on somebody with energy therapy. So I'm working on the person to determine where their blocks are, and then I move forward and play the quartz crystal singing bowls. Now, I always tell people, while it is true that sound therapy initiates and accelerates healing, you have to also understand, just as sound can heal, so too can it harm. And only a certified sound therapist is qualified to administer sound therapy properly to ensure the client receives positive benefits because I've had people come to me and say, I was in a yoga class, somebody played a tuning fork, they came up to me, and now I have vertigo or I don't feel good or whatever it is. And sometimes they'll just come in and say, I don't know, after yoga I didn't feel good. And I will ask them, was anybody playing singing bowls? Tibetan bowls or tuning forks or some kind of musical instrument in the room near you. And they always say yes when it's after a yoga class. And when, when this sound therapy is improperly administered, and I cannot stress this enough because it goes right up my nose this, that this is not something that is regulated by the U.S. government. It should be. When it's improperly administered, sound can create dissonance. And that can cause blood vessels to constrict, blood pressure to rise, pulse and respiratory rates can increase, um, extra fats can be released into the bloodstream, and blood magnesium levels can fall. It can cause migraines, vertigo, um, swelling of your adrenal gland, metabolic stress on the pituitary and adrenal complex, which then causes increased adrenal cortical activity and vasoconstriction, and it can disrupt your central nervous system. That's a lot that it can do that's wrong because you sat in a yoga class where somebody just decided to play the bowls. I actually had a woman come up to me once at a yoga class, and I was meditating, and she interrupted me and said, T, 
And I said, what? And in shock, because that's not what you do in a yoga class. And she said, I want to buy a bowl. And I said, okay. And she said, um, I want to buy the heart bowl. And I said, are you sure that's what you want? Because that might not be what you need. But everybody wants the heart bowl. Because they think, oh, the heart bowl, it's love and, you know, joy and bliss. That's not what you may want, what you may need. It's what you want, but it may not be what you need. Why do you want a bowl? And she goes, well, I want to buy a lot of them. Because I saw you at a concert, and I thought, oh, I can do that. So I said to her, have you ever learned how to play the bowls? And she said, she put her hand on her hip and she looked at me and she said, you mean professionally? And I said, yeah. And she said, no. I said, then no. And I went back to meditating and I wouldn't talk to her. I'm not going to sell somebody bowls who doesn't know how to play them because that's on me. No way. No way am I doing that. And it really bothers me when people think they can, I'll just pick up a bowl and play it. I'll, just, I'll go on YouTube. Go ahead. There's not one person on YouTube that's board certified to play bowls. I guarantee it. I guarantee it because I've listened to a ton of them. I haven't listened to all of them, but I've listened to a ton of them. And I know I'm the only person in the United States who's board certified to do what I do for a living. The only one. So I can safely say at least the people in the United States who are playing bowls, you're not board certified. You're not. So what the heck are you doing? hurting people inadvertently because you think you're helping them. You're not. You have to know how to play these bowls. And that's why I think it's really important that we we get to a point where people will be able to learn these things and it will become mainstream in that you're working with doctors because let's face it, we do, there are medicines we need. When you get a bacterial infection, you need drugs. You need drugs to beat that out of your system. You absolutely do. And there's got to be something that you can take because not all the time will anything natural. We're not there yet. So I agree that it's, it's the far time that things will be done. But I was kind of hoping in my lifetime I'd see more sound therapy being offered in a way that it was more accepted because there are still people that in meetings today they'll go, oh, yeah, that's T-Love. She does that woo-woo stuff. And it's not woo-woo. <laughs> There's a, lot, there's a lot of science behind this. There's quantum physics is behind this. I know because I studied quantum physics. So I really feel confident in saying this stuff works, and it works based in science. And we've heard that on TV a lot with the COVID vaccine. You've got to look at the science. Then start looking at the science and start taking the courses and learn what sound is, and then you can become a sound therapist. So I put that out there because, to me, that's critical. And I bet you anything, Pax would agree with me. Oh, Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm feeling his presence right now, and it's absolutely the case that it is um, a much undervalued and underutilized healing modality. Uh, it ne- and what Pax is sharing right now is that it needs to become more noticed in the media, uh, the, the kind of media coverage that is supportive of it, and not referring to it as woo-woo. It needs to be approached um, as a scientific um, modality almost um, with the, the teaching about um, various frequencies and how they affect the body. That helps people look at it differently. Um, yes. Frequencies versus sound. Yes. I don't think people can equate sound to healing. Frequencies more so, yes, I think. Yes. And Max is saying it, the word needs to be spread more and more about the science of frequencies and what that yep. means to the human body, much like the moon pulling the tides 
um, mm-hmm. the power, the power of that. Just think of it, and how that affects our bodies, the water in our bodies, the frequencies created um, by the bowls, along with the sounds, um, affect a, a tremendous change within the body. And I think approaching it from that perspective, the frequency, the scientific aspect of it, will will bring it the attention it needs to not be poo-pooed or or called anything other than um, you know uh, an amazing uh, breakthrough technique, you know, which of course has been around for centuries. But you're absolutely right because I teach um, at college as an adjunct professor at one of the local colleges, um, and they're a Catholic college, so when they called and said they wanted me to come in, I, I asked them like three times, do you know what I do for a living? Because I really didn't think a Catholic college would want somebody who came in and did this stuff that so many refer to as woo-woo, teaching the S part of the STEM program. But here I am teaching it, and I teach it specifically from the quantum physics side and about vibration. And people, they get it because we talk about the different bowls, what their frequencies are, and this is what it's doing. I have deaf people who come to me. They can't hear these bowls. It doesn't matter if you can hear these bowls. It's the frequency. They feel the vibration, and that is what is shifting you within. It has nothing to do with the sound. The sound is there so that you can relax and just, you know, every, every vibration is going to create a sound. So it's a pretty frequency that you get to hear, and you're like, oh, yeah, that sounds nice. It helps you as a human to do it. But if you were laying there and couldn't hear the sounds, you probably would have the same effect. You just wouldn't enjoy it as much. So that, you know, that's, that is being taught at when, when I got this gig at the college, I was like, wow, are you kidding me? And I do it every summer for the past, I think five years now, except for last year with COVID and not this year because it's still coming out of COVID, but five years prior, uh, it's really interesting because they understand it, they get it and the students love it because it is, something that they can hold on to and they do I play the bowls for them I play the bowls where I bring all my bowls and I play it in the classroom they need to get me a big enough space because you can also ruin your bowls you can crack them you can play one bowl and if this place when you see these pictures of people playing bowls close to each other it's like yeah that's not real those people don't know how to play bowls because you can't do that you will literally break the other bowl I know I've broken glass and I've broken bowls so I know this to be true and you know you just can't do it. You've got to know what you're doing. And you have to know when you start to play the balls, how humid is the room, how arid is the room, what's the temperature, is it hot, is it cold? Because all of those things come into play as to how you're going to play those balls. How loud, how much strike do you need, how many times around, it all plays into it. But people just want to pick up the thing and go and make money. And that's what bothers me. People are looking at it like it's just a way to make money. I don't care. I don't need to learn that. Yeah, you, you kind of do, because you could hurt somebody. So, yeah, well, you know. there will always be those people. You know, I wonder if I could share a personal experience with yep. your audience. And it has, it has to do with the vibration of the bowls, and it includes tea and myself <laughs> and others that do a meditation every Sunday. And the meditation, the purpose of it is for world healing, for healing our humanity, our environment, you know, our, our, everything that's going wrong in our world. And we have a different script each week. And tea plays the bowls. Now, I can tell you 
that you all know that T is located on the east coast of the U.S. I am located as far west as you can get on the west coast of Canada. I'm here on the Pacific Ocean. I feel the vibration of the bowls when T is playing. I feel it. Now, I am a sensitive, I'll give you that, but nevertheless, the power of the vibrations of those bowls transmits to me. I can't speak for the others that are a part of the meditation circle, but I can certainly tell you uh, I would not ever need to hear the sound, the feeling of the vibration is a power in itself, and it is healing, comforting. It is just, uh, when played correctly, as T shares with us, uh, according to Pax, again, it's magic. And it transmits the frequencies to those of us who are receptive and in the meditation moments uh, uh, receiving. It is absolutely... I think uh, a, a way, it, it, it is a healing way of the future. Uh, it is more powerful than many. We just haven't quite gotten there yet. But if each of us will do something towards raising the consciousness uh, of people to this practice, we can help uh, bring it forward in the minds and hearts of those of us who can benefit. Right, T? Yeah, I think so. And thank you for those kind words. Um, other people in the circle, and anybody can be in the circle, you just, you know, you can email me and, and let me know that you want to be in. And I just put your name in one of the bowls and, and play. But the, the thing is, it works with the energy therapy as well. So even if I'm, I was traveling and I was in, in, in uh, Italy, and I knew there was a little boy who needed surgery in New York, and I started working on him at 7.15 at night. And I stopped at 7.30, and when I came back to the U.S., I called my friend in New York, and I said, how's Stevie doing? And she said, oh, my God, you can't believe the surgery for his arm. It was crazy. He was supposed to be, go in at 2 o'clock, and he was screaming and crying and screaming and crying. And, and then at 2.15, it was like a switch was turned on, and he started to calm down, and he started to be okay, and at 2.30, they were able to take him in. And I said, oh, that's really great. I said, well, I did work on him. So then I told the person I went with, and she said, did you tell them that you were in Italy and there's a five-hour time difference? And I said, no. And she goes, tell them that. And I said, you're right. It was, it was 2.15 when I started working on him Eastern time, but in Italy it was 7.15. I stopped at 7.30 and they start, put him in the surgery suite at, at 2.30. So that was kind of interesting. So whether it's energy therapy or sound therapy, the vibrations are there. The intention is there. It can go. It's just energy. Energy travels fast and it goes as far as it can go. But you got to make sure you go into somebody who's who's really good at what they do and they're they're pure in their intentions. You got to know that they're going to follow through and do what they say they're going to do. The other thing that is interesting is that I know I can also set up somebody. So if somebody's having surgery in England and they're going to have surgery at like seven o'clock in the morning, well, it's like two o'clock in the morning here. 
So I don't necessarily, I used to get up and work on the person, but now I'm like, I'll do the therapy session prior to, before I go to bed, like 10 o'clock, and that energy will be sent to that person when they need it at the time of the surgery. This is what you can do and how you can manipulate time and energy and make it work for you. Because people have told me, and I, I didn't tell them I did it, but they've told me, you know what, this person was in a coma and she couldn't get out of it. And then all of a sudden she was out of it. Things started happening at this time o'clock. And it was like, wow, I worked on them at 10 o'clock, but at 2.15 it started happening. And I knew that person was going to be coming out of whatever, and they did. So you can set things up to do that. I've done experiments with it, and it works. And you just have to know that you're working with somebody who knows what they're doing so that they can work on you the best that they possibly can. But it is definitely the vibrations of both the energy that's being sent with or without sound, or the sound therapy in both cases. And I think it's really fascinating. I never want to lose that amazement that I get when people call me and tell me things. I don't, because I think once you do, your ego kind of gets in the way and you forget, and and now it's going to dissipate or something, and I don't want that to happen. You know, I just think it's really cool, and to me it's like an experiment after experiment after experiment, and it's working all the time. So it's a fascinating field to be in if you want to take the time to learn it and to really practice it. And, you know, and somebody said to me, well, so you have actually gotten to the point where you're a professional. I'm like, no, I'm still working on it because as things change, the energy does get different and you have to learn how to deal with it. And it becomes more powerful when you're doing this every single day for a living. So that said, um, I'm really glad that you feel the energy and that you you feel the power of the bowls. And you've always emailed me after the sessions. I tell you how long I played. You've even said you see a lot of pink. And there's one bowl that I play a lot, and it happens to be pink quartz. So I was fascinated by that, Carol. I have to tell you, that that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, because pink is not a color in my palette, uh, in my life, uh, anywhere. Yeah. And to clearly see pink in my vision in the meditation and to have it come almost immediately after launching into the session and repeatedly you know uh, more than one meditation session and then you told me it was the bowl um firstly i was amazed that i felt the vibration of the bowls you know i think about that i think well i know the energy transmits uh and that certainly was uh, proven, borne out in my experience of sitting here, you know, on the other side of the continent of North America from you and feeling the power of the bulls. It's really magical. I love it. It is. There are um, uh, astronauts who have been worked on on the moon or traveling around in their little, you know, shuttle, space shuttle that have been worked on by energy therapists. And they felt it, and they know it works. I knew you'd, you'd get the vibrations of the balls, but I was stunned when you said, the past few weeks I've seen pink, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe she's saying that. I started with the pink ball every time. <laughs> like, that was just crazy. So, yeah, that was kind of cool. See what I mean by the amazement is there? It's just so cool because you just don't know what – as a therapist, I don't know what the reaction is going to be of the people, and I'm always so like, wow, this is so cool, and it's just amazing to me. So – we're well past the top of the hour, Carol, but is there anything else either you or Pax would like to share with us? Um, thank you for that. Uh, I think that in, in terms of sharing what Pax would like to 
reinforce with your audience is uh, one thing that is very near and dear to the PAC's heart, and that is to ask people to always trust in themselves. Trust in yourself, he'll say. Follow your heart. And that mm-hmm. is in decision-making, for example. And that doesn't mean a, a whimsical uh, following of the heart. It means think about how, how does your body feel? How does your heart feel when you're making a decision? Uh, do you feel in your body that it's, it's warm and, and fuzzy, uh, or do you feel the coldness of something that's just not right for you? He's asking all of us all the time to spend less time in our uh, brains and more time in our heart and our bodies to get confirmation of what's right for us in our lives. Uh, listen to your own body, um, trust in yourself, and you'll you'll have your higher self guiding you, that little voice within you. If we all listen to that, we'll we'll be protected, we'll be guided, and uh, we'll be good. And we'll be doing what we're meant to do, and it will feel purposeful and fulfilling, and you'll be on the right path to what works for you and why you're here. So that is, that's a great way to end the show. Carol, thank you again for being here. We really love having you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you, T. Always a wonderful experience to be with you. And uh, blessings and joy, and extend that to your audience as well. Thank you. You just did. Thank you so much. I would like to encourage everyone to go to PaxWisdom.com to learn more about Pax and his messages. There's so much there that you can learn from the books that are available through the site to the uh, links to the author's websites. And remember, Carol offers personal readings as well. So look into that. The readings are directly channeled from Pax. It doesn't get better than that. And it's very cool. So so make sure you go in and do that. And we will be having Carol back on Wednesday, July 7th for the seventh segment in the series. No, wait, that's Wednesday, July 14th. I'm sorry, Wednesday, July 14th for the seventh segment in this series. So, you know, come back and, and listen to that. Okay, listeners, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio. So please share it with your friends. We live in a most challenging and constantly changing world. And that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live. You know, you want to be productive and healthy and purposeful. And, and this is where you're going to find those tools to do that. So please send the link for this show to everybody you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I want to thank all our listeners for tuning in. And remember, PAX discussions are part of a year-long series. We'll be back next month again, Wednesday, July 14th, with Part 7 in this series with Carol and PAX. For more information about me and my work or to schedule a remote energy session, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. And please also check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need, 100%. And right now we're working on a new initiative to help kids with mental health issues. Only one in five children receive treatment. That was pre-COVID. And that rate has increased dramatically. So please be sure to go to SojiHuggles.org, and there you will find a link to sign a global citizenship pledge. The author of the pledge is Mark Lewis, who joined me on May 5th to discuss his book, Give a Damn. 
He offered to donate a dollar for every signature he receives during the month of June. So that means we have three weeks left to raise as much money as we can at no cost to you. So, you know, please, you can help us help these kids. All you need to do is sign the pledge. Of course, if you'd like to donate, you'll see a link to do that as well. And we welcome that. At Soji Huggles, we are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website, SojiHuggles.org. Please also follow us on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. And while you're in your social media accounts, please be sure to like us on Facebook, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation. I am your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most enjoyable week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.